You're listening to the winning literary show, Off the Shelf Books Talk Radio, live with host Denise Turney, author of the books Long Walk Up, Portia, Love More Over Me, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, and Rosetta's Great Hope. Turn up your dial and get ready for a blast of feature author interviews, 411 on book festivals, writing conferences, and so much more. Ready? Let's go. If you are working on something that you really care about, I love this quote. If you are working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you, and that's from Steve Jobs. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Off the Shelf, the books podcast. For all our loyal listeners, I always start the show by saying thank you. 16 years on the air. This is your first time. I just want to let you know that you are absolutely listening to the winning book podcast off the shelf and welcome to this saturday this is the last saturday in october you guys this month went went like a blur october the 30th 2021 so thank you for being here we have a wonderful author on deck for you and ken excited i'm i learned something from every guest so i'm excited to introduce her to you and see what she shares this morning, but before I introduce her, this is something I've been regularly talking about, and you hear a lot about mental health with the COVID-19, and thank goodness we're coming out of the lockdowns, and things are starting to go back to what we would call more normal, but um, it's very important to take care of your mental health and to uh, practice awareness, because if not, some could sneak up on you, and even if you practice awareness, something could still sneak up on you, and you make an emotional or psychological shift that you never saw coming. You could even say something you never thought you would have said to somebody that comes. It could have a, 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 a lot of downstream impact that you don't really want. So I really encourage you to practice awareness. And I, you, I explain this and give real-life key steps you can take every day. Very simple. It could take just a few seconds or a moment. could be, a, I mean, life journey impact. And it's in the book, Awaken Blessings of Inner Love. It's in ebook format and in print. Treat yourself, treat yourself, treat yourself to a copy of Awaken Blessings of Inner Love. There are exercises and things in there you can do, but, again, this is about you and enriching your life. Again, Awaken Blessings of Inner Love by yours truly, Denise Turney. Go bless yourself with a copy of the book today. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And today's off-the-shelf guest is Pat Alba Craker. And if I mispronounce her name, I hope she corrects me. Pat is an entrepreneur, business coach, IT professional, and she's a book writer. She's the author of the book, Catherine's Quest. Love that title. And she's a catalyst for positive change, in addition to to being a mentor and a leader. Companies that Pat has worked that include IBM and Lockheed Martin. Those are two biggies. And she is passionate, absolutely passionate, you guys, about helping others to pursue and fulfill their dreams. We are honored to have Pat join us this morning off the shelf. And I hope I'm picking up the right line. Uh, we are absolutely honored to yeah. have Pat join us this morning on Off the Shelf. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Pat. Hey, Denise. I am so excited to be here. We are so like-minded, my girlfriend, and I am just really waiting to have a juicy conversation with you and make an impact with your audience. Oh, well, you know what? When I was researching, and I learned a lot about the guests, uh, when I ask questions, some of them I already know the answer to from my research, but for our listeners, and we have so many people who tune into Off the Shelf from around the world, and some are going through things. And so when they hear stuff mm-hmm. on the show, on the show, it can have impact. Even though this is a, a, a show that focuses on books and storytelling, we've had movie producers and literary agents, people who are any form of storytelling. So we're honored to have you with us. But we want to give our guests, listeners a little backstory about you, Pat, before we launch in to talking about your books and your other work. So to kick it off, could you tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Okay. Well, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, and I am one of five and the oldest. And I stayed in my community of El Paso, went to school there until I started working with IBM. 
And four years into working with IBM, I realized that uh, my potential for uh, going up the ladder was really going to require that I move away from home. And so I moved to Dallas in 1985, and that was a, uh, a big decision to, you know, go out and go into a city that you don't know anyone, you don't know the city, you don't have any family, you don't have any friends, and just trust that you're making the right decision. And so, so there was a job me. waiting. There was a job. I just want to make sure mm-hmm. I, I clearly was listening. There was a job waiting for you, or you just went there out of the yes. blue? No, there was a job waiting for me, and it was a promotion, and uh, and it was one of those decisions that I just had to sit with, sleep on, and know that uh, this was the right step for me in uh, in order to really have a uh, a flourishing career with IBM. And you know, I've heard I've heard people in in corporate jobs where I've worked at uh, uh, international firms, large companies, they said that the willingness to relocate made the difference, and it's odd that you said that, in their ability to to be promoted and to work at more senior levels. Before we go talking into more of that and then Catherine's Quest, could you tell us, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? What did you dream of being when you were a kid? You know what? I used to play office. When I was five and six years old, I played office with my sister and my neighbor. And I wanted to be a businesswoman. So I would set up my cash register uh, on the porch in a little table, and I would sell paints from my paint catalog that my dad would bring home from where he worked. And I had a telephone, and I would take orders on the phone, and then I would go see my friend Gussie, who lived next door, and he would okay the orders. And then my sister would come and pick up the paint. Wow. Well, you've so become number I've, one I've on, been, on yeah. off the shelf in 16 years. We've never had a guest say that. <laughs> wow. So I love the art of business. I loved the art of business even back then. Was, was one of your parents an entrepreneur? Is that where you think it came from? Well, you know, my mom uh, used to take care of kids. So my mom had uh, – that was her move into entrepreneurship is that she made money by taking care of kids. And she also had a, a retail career, but she also was very creative and uh, she would make creative projects and she would sell those projects. But my mom was a really great caregiver and she loved kids and she stepped into entrepreneurship in that way at a, um, for many, many years. Now, had you always intended to work in technology? I, IBM was like, it, it was like, a, a, to me, a, a, what you think Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple today, it was a Goliath. And everybody was going, mm-hmm. they had so many government contracts and contracts with, you know, like mm-hmm. the military. They were huge. And so many other companies wanted to take them down. But today it's hard for people to imagine yeah. how big IBM was. They were like the Goliath of, across the industry. Had you always intended to work in technology? And did you know, Pat, when you were making that move, that technology would grow to be as influential in our lives today when you mm-hmm. first started your career? Well I, have, I, well, I appreciate that question. Uh, you're right. IBM was the the company to to work for. I grew up seeing so many commercials and seeing how great IBM was that when I was in high school, I had already made a decision that that's who I wanted to work for. And I went to four-year college and I interviewed with IBM. And the first time around, I got turned down, and I said, I'm coming back again because I am going to work for IBM. And the second interview went really well, and I got hired. And um, I had the, the privilege of, that, of it being part of my history to see the announcement of the PC and how it, how it unfolded within the company, how it was introduced, how they got the employees involved and had us starting writing applications for the PC. It was great to have seen that be a part of that introduction. And where it is today, where technology is today, you know, there is so much um, daily that happens 
that we're not aware of because it's you know technology really makes uh, make it really makes the world go round in, in many cases. Did you see that coming? I have to know. Did you see that coming when you when you were when you were there? Did you see what's happening today? Particularly when I think of cybersecurity and how much security the I mean technology the impact it has on everything. Mm-hmm. Did you see that coming all those years ago? Well, you know, I uh, that's an interesting question because you get to see a certain. Um, I handle a mid-range computers, and so still at that time, uh, computers took a lot of space. And when they started with the with the uh, the laptops and the PC, and they started getting smaller, I had no idea that at some point this capacity of, of a, a computer that took a room, the size of a room, would now fit on your phone. I did wow. not have that vision or could imagine that actually happening. You know, Incredible, for, uh, and for our listeners listening, if, depending on when the, the people listening to today's show and people tune in from so many different platforms to off the shelf, some of them might be like, what do you mean a computer the size of a room? They can't imagine it. <laughs> and and, and, and it's, it, the way it's that's why some people do, they can see that, that this is coming, is going to all change. What did you learn before we start moving into business, coaching and mentoring, and then Catherine's Quest? What did you learn, Pat, while working at Lockheed Martin and IBM that still serves you today? Uh, okay, <clears throat> several things. First of all, um, that it's uh, important to have systems. Whether it's in a big corporation or in your company, it's important that you have systems and to automate those systems as much as possible in order to really be able to move your company forward. So systems are critical. Customer service is critical. How you treat your customers, treat them like family, in, in IBM, you know, we were taught the customer's always right. The customer's always right. And I've, always, I've embraced that philosophy of the customer's always right. I set my business up with, uh, my business with the systems, and I learned how important it is to have a mentor when you work for corporate. Now, now mm-hmm. to going into that, I, I definitely want to get into Catherine's quest. Such an amazing story. When you said mentor, it kind of led into another question I wanted to ask you. You said it's very important to have a mentor. And I've heard people who are seniors say they never had one. I've heard some say that I never had a mentor. Things were very different when I was coming up than they are now. But for those who, who mm-hmm. want to go down a path similar to yours, what is quickly the difference between a business coach and a mentor. Okay. So a, a coaching, uh, a person who's a coach and you receive coaching, it's very much question-based where you are working with a client who through questions, they will discover the answers on their own. You're asking questions that allows them to go in and find the answers within. When you mentor, you actually have a specific skill set that that particular person wants to learn. For example, I mentored a lot of women on project management. I'm a certified project management uh, manager, and project management comes very easy for me. And so I would mentor other women who had big projects, and I would teach them on how to set up their projects, what kind of comp- how to manage their teams, Etc. And so you're actually teaching a skill when you're working with someone. Okay, okay. Now we're going to do a jump for our listeners and and start talking about Catherine's quest. What inspired you to sit down and write Catherine's quest? Oh my goodness! Uh, this book, Catherine's Quest, is a book. Took six years to make it. And it didn't originally start as this fable with pets and musings wrapped into it and a woman who lost everything, her job, her home, her marriage, and was lost and was looking on how to 
come back, find her, find her if you would her mojo, and be able to touch, um, you know, tap into her resilience, and then finding a way to get there through inspiration from her uncle, who was looking for elation. Initially, Denise, I had a book that had 31 soulful practices for women entrepreneurs. 31. These were all lessons that I had learned through my coaching, through being coached, and through hard knocks. And when I went to my editor, my editor says, you have three books in this one book. You're going to have to make a decision, Pat, and you're going to have to choose the insights that you want to teach women. And we're going to put those initial, that initial cut of, of insights and processes and techniques in one book, and I want you to wrap it around a story. I said, okay. So, yeah, so that's how we started. And really, a lot of the things that Catherine, that Catherine went through, I went through. Like, you know, I got laid off, so I lost my job. Um, my husband died at an early age, and I found myself running a 200-acre exotic, exotic animal ranch by myself. Oh, my and, I, I'm a, and breast cancer. So those wow. challenges I brought into the book, and I said, Yo, you can, we all have these challenges. They happen for a reason, and it's about how you get yourself out of those situations and what you learn and how you become a stronger, more wiser woman because of the processes and because of those events. Yeah. Now, it, I was going to ask you if, Kat, if Catherine's Quest, as I was researching for today's show, I, was, I wasn't certain, is it, fiction or non-fiction it sounds like it's fiction but there's a lot of it that mm-hmm. sounds like you said it's based on your own personal story yes it, it is based on my personal story and what uh what i've done is through Catherine's journey of, of showing you know being resilient and coming out of her situation i actually have questions where i ask the women reading the book to take a moment and be reflective of their lives. And I actually talk about awareness. Just like you talk about awareness, I talk about awareness and how important it is to be aware of everything that's going on around you and how to live your life through intention. So as they go through the book, I hold their hand through literally an internal transformation. And they're a stronger leader. They have a set of tools to become resilient and handle any situation that comes their their way through the use of my tools. Okay. Now, what was Catherine? Uh, what was Catherine? First of all, before we talk, uh, ask you that, can you tell us what what is Catherine like? Describe her. What's her personality like? Is she a workaholic, perfectionist? Is she like very <laughs> free spirited? How old is she? What and what is she like? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Catherine is uh, 47, and she is a, she's a co-getter. She's a type A personality. She had a very successful business uh, driven to make an impact. She also had um, a zest for life and uh, was really open to adventures and open to learning and uh, really was in love with her husband. So she believed that uh, everything in life happened for a reason. Catherine was a, a a spiritual person. She believed in her strong sense of intuition and that um, in life everything happens for a reason. She's also a person who is willing to learn from her mistakes, willing to learn from her mistakes and just see them as lessons and be able to really uh, move on. She uh, loves... Go ahead. No, no, you, no, no. I, I go finish. I, you said she loves. Okay. <laughs> she loves learning. She's a learner, and uh, she she loves learning and, and enjoys enjoys people. And just her, she has just a, na- a beautiful natural presence to her that she was uh, was easily able to attract uh, people in situation and events that moved her life forward. Very interesting. You said she was able to attract people to help move her life forward. Now, you described, Catherine, for our listeners, 
at the the story is starting, and I and I know she's 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 searching for something. But for those who mm-hmm. they, they've never heard of Catherine's Quest, this is the first time. Whether they listen now or they listen later in the archives, what can you tell us? What was Catherine's life like? before things started to fall apart. Did she have what people would consider to be a perfect life? It looked like that on the outside. It did. It looked like that on the outside. She was very successful in her in her business. She had uh, a marriage, you know, that could probably, you know, be improved. Uh, we all have, we don't all, all have the perfect marriage, but on the outside people thought she did. And um, and she was uh, successful in not only in her business, and she had a beautiful home. She had her dream home. And so everything was working well until it wasn't. And then she found that uh, her husband was having an affair with his secretary, and that caused the divorce. And then they had to sell the house. And then in all of that, you know, her it started affecting her business. And she lost her business. Oh, it sounds like she, so how long was her husband having an affair? You know, this is the part of life or (laughs) any story when you, when somebody tells you, and I actually interviewed somebody else on Off the Shelf several episodes, shows ago, and she, that actually happened to her in real life. She thought she had Mm -hmm. the perfect marriage. And then find out mm-hmm. her spouse had been cheating on her for years, but she, but she mm-hmm. was clueless, clueless about it, and thought she had a per, the perfect yeah. marriage. And so it sounds mm-hmm. like is that what Catherine? She sometimes we know something's yeah. going on, Pat, but we don't want to we don't want to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. We just live in a bubble. We don't want to face it. We don't want to deal with it. The signs are all there. We just keep dismissing them. Is that what she did, or was she truly blindsided? Mm-hmm. You know, Catherine did uh, did have a feeling that something was going on, and like you said, sometimes we don't want to accept that because in accepting that, we have to make a decision. Mm. Tell us about Catherine, which is not always easy because you know it's going to change your life. Tell us about Catherine's find in the attic. So. She was up in the attic because she was packing, getting ready to sell her home. And she went upstairs and she had, she had this beautiful old rustic trunk that belonged to her Uncle Iman. And she got curious and she opened the trunk and she found this beautiful leather-worn journal that belonged to her Uncle Iman. And she sat down, opened the journal, and started reading and in in his journal, he had started. Um, he was on a mission to find elation. He was on a mission to find elation. So he had planned out to visit seven different islands, and in each island, amplified certain values. And in the last island is the island of elation. So he started traveling from one island to another and started writing about his journeys, what he learned, what he was going to take into his life, what he was going to drop from his life, and just work his way to elation. And so she said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to find my way back to elation. And so the the story, Catherine's Quest, One Woman's Journey to Elation, is... Uh, is a story of how Iman also finds his elation, and so there's a bit of, of Catherine's quest of Catherine and what she learns from from reading his journal and what to all the different islands. And it is uh, a story where uh, Catherine actually goes to the island of elation, and unfortunately, Uncle Iman doesn't make it to that island. So when he Catherine make it to the the when Catherine's in the attic and she comes across his journal, Uncle Ivan still—he's he, still living. No, he's already but, dead. Okay, that was that was so, a that was, a, that was a, uh, a gift that was meant for her that she wasn't even aware that she had it in her attic. Now, why was she mm-hmm. so close? To, 
What was it about Uncle Iman? Why was she so close <laughs> to him? What's it, what's, 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 what is you know, it about we, Uncle Iman? Isn't that isn't it, isn't it interesting? I mean, you probably have you probably have a favorite aunt or uncle. I'm willing to bet. Oh yeah, you and, know you uh, always <laughs> you do somebody. You, yeah. you always have this. You always have a favorite aunt or uncle that just you just really resonate that you know he you can go to for advice and you know they accept you for who you are and. They never judge you. They're just there to, you know, hold your hand and and, and guide you in any way. And that was Uncle Lyman was that for her. So when, from the time she was a little girl, he was just the, the mm-hmm. one she could always go to. Um, and her relationship with her her parents, she had a strong relationship with her parents as mm-hmm. well. Okay. Introduce us, introduce us, Pat, to some of the other major and minor characters who show up in Catherine's Quest who help move the story forward. And people who the readers would uh, be very interested in knowing what's going to happen to them as well. So as, as we go through the story, uh, we are seeing the story through Catherine's, uh, Catherine's eyes, but we're also seeing the story through Uncle Ayman. And so Uncle Ayman goes to uh, this island and visits and sits with a family. And this particular family, the whole island is about giving your gift in a way that helps everyone. So he sat with the, uh, a family, father and mother, two kids, and every morning everyone knew exactly what they were supposed to do to help to the community, help their family, and everyone joyfully just got up, mom and dad. They were, they were craftsmen. They all had their special gifts, leather. Mom did cooking. She saw what she cooked. The kids worked their garden, and they did, and they worked that every day. And when they came home, they ate as a family. So he saw how everyone stepped into their gifts and how important it is for us as women to step into our gifts. And that's a story that, you know, Catherine starts realizing that, you know, these are my gifts. And I ask in the book, which are your gifts? Which are your gifts that you are aware of and which ones are gifts that maybe you've taken granted, you had taken for granted and are not really bringing them out to the world. So in every book, there's the, in every chapter there's the, or every island, there's a family or there's an individual that has a conversation with Uncle Lyman and says, you know, in one of them, it's a, a lady who talks about self-care and talks about how important it is to take care of ourselves, that without, our, without taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of others. You took an interesting approach with this uh, as I'm listening to you. This is one thing I love about the show and shows like Off the Shelf or whether it's on radio, uh, podcast, radio, or TV. You learn more about the story when you do interviews. And I'm telling you, that's really when you – I wish authors could do more of of these with, like, I don't know, wherever they're marketing their books – because that's when you, the reader really wet, you wet their appetite. They know writing about it is not as good as hearing the author answer questions about the mm-hmm. story. It starts to really gel more and flesh the story out. I'm imagining these islands, and I'm thinking, is this like a, a fantasy, not science fiction, but a little fantasy, or all these islands as if you went to uh, – uh, one of the Hawaiian islands, the Bahamas, or another island. Is it is it an island that's similar the way, you know, are, things are happening today in today's world, or does it take you back in time, or are you going forward in time, or is it like visiting an island today? I'm trying to picture what these islands are like. Mm. Right. So there's uh, there's seven islands, and out of all the out of all the islands. They're all fantasy islands. There's only one. There's only one island that really, if you looked in the map, you could you would actually find it. And really, it's a um, when you go into the islands, they're not they're not islands that are commercialized. They're very much pure in in their in the discovery of the island itself. 
you don't have the, the tourists in it. It's just the island and the people who were born and were born to uh, be and contribute to that particular island. So it's very, you know, it's like going to an island that hasn't been cultivated by society or, or changed into a money-making island at all. It's very in its natural state. You, this this sounds like something I don't know if you have an interest that could be almost a, a not an ongoing TV series but like a mini series <laughs> and mm-hmm. you just each yeah. chapter each chapter is a show where they visit an island and then you you learn something now through through the story do you show readers that it is possible to approach each day with a newness, like emptying yourself of yesterday's experiences by morning and starting over new. I've heard, you know, you hear the power of now, living in the present. you got to let the past go. Is that something that you do throughout Mm -hmm. Catholic Quest? Yeah, I I do. And, in fact, in one of the chapters, one of the process that I talk about is unraveling. And so unraveling is something, is a process, is a practice that I practice and I share with them because it's with the women because it's so powerful. So at the end of the day, before you go to bed, you take a look at your day as if you were watching a movie. And you can unravel your day either from the point just about before you go to bed to the point that you wake up, or you can unravel your day and look at it from the time that you first woke up and everything that happened until you're ready to go to sleep, whichever resonates with you. And in that process, you look through every conversation, you look at every conversation, every meeting, the energy that you put into a particular project, and ask yourself, you know, what, what went well about my meeting with Denise? Why did my meeting with Denise go so well? And then ask yourself, what will I take from this particular lesson and start applying it in my other conversations with, the, with people? Or why was I such in the, why did, when I was working on this particular project, why did everything just come together for me? What did I learn from this particular time on working project day? And why didn't this particular conversation go well? And what would I do different? So that through unraveling your day, you learn what went well in your day, what you would do again, what didn't go so well and what you won't do again, and how you will show up the next day. So if you did that consistently, mm-hmm. you, would, you would transform. You would be a different, better person every day if you did that every day, every night. You know, in the scriptures, it tells you that it tells us to examine ourselves and, and again, practicing mm-hmm. awareness in this busy world. I mean, we, we are... There are people who is, who's actually doing COVID. A lot of women stepped out of the workforce because they were trying to play teacher yeah. at home, be the wife, keep the mm-hmm. home going, work on the job. You got a kid sitting on your lap, and it was just too much. So in this in this yeah. busy world, and you say unravel, can you share some tips with somebody who has such a hectic schedule that they're like, I would love to unravel, but I don't know where I find the time to do it. How, how they could fit that in to their day. Right. So uh, unraveling can, can take as, uh, as little as five minutes. It just depends on how much time you really want to spend in looking in within yourself. And just having a notebook and just looking quickly through your day and just making notes. So it's a five-minute, it can be a five-minute exercise. And it's very and important it, to be able to invest invest that that kind of time, even if it's only five minutes into your into your day. Yeah, it's really really critical. Yeah, and that's a new that. one. I've never it's heard of that. Um, that's new mm-hmm. unraveling. I've never heard heard that shared before. So thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to ask you about Catherine's quest as well. You said you started out. You were going to write like some tips for uh, uh, things that women <laughs> could benefit women. Where did you get the ideals for even that, the specific events that happened in the story and what started out, as your editor said, this is really three books. Where did that ideal even come from to write, to create such a story? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for, for, thank you for asking that question. So 
<clears throat> the 31 practices were practices that I had started documenting that I used within myself, within my own life, and that I had shared with um, other women that I was coaching. And so the initial, the initial uh, practices of 31 came from documenting years and years of experience, lessons learned, what I learned from my coaches. And I said, these, these are working. So I need to get this information out. I just can't keep it just within my, my coaching uh, clients and, and community. And, you know, my, I, the editor that I had, we, had, we really brainstormed a lot of ideas on how to progress the growth of a person and because that's what really ends up happening at the end of the book through progression and going through the exercises, you actually transform yourself. And so how do we take, we said, how do we take the steps and, and put them into uh, a metaphor that would help women not only learn them, but then actually tell a story as they go through each of those steps because women like stories. So we just started brainstorming ideas and the one that came up that we both fell in love with is what if we had Catherine travel? And it was a travel experience because I love to travel. And let's travel the the story from one place to another. And that's how it came to be. Do you do you have plans to turn Catherine's quest into a series, I know, as a, and I'm gonna, we're going to cover this later mm-hmm. in the show, but when it comes to marketing and selling books, they say, you know, if you have a series book, people, you can sell more books. They get the, it's a series, second or third series, and they want the first mm-hmm. series, and then they want all the books in the series. Do you have plans right. to turn the book into a series? Yes. Yes. Yes, that is true, uh, Denise, that uh, what I've learned is, well, for those authors that are listening, or, or those who desire to be authors, is uh, what I've learned is you, at a minimum, have a series of books that is composed of three books. So I will have a three-book series associated with Catherine's Quest, One Moment's Journey to Elation. Yes. Okay. Now, can you share with us something that Catherine learns in the story? And if not, I don't want to give the story away, but what are the seven keys to happiness? I know she's looking, Uncle Uncle Iman was trying to find elation. Mm-hmm. He's looking for this mm-hmm. island, and now she's on a, on a quest to find this island. And I'm assuming if they get there, they will find these seven keys. Can you share with our listeners what the seven keys to happiness are? Yeah, I'd be more than happy to share uh, seven, uh, seven keys or seven insights or practices to uh, elation. And one of them you actually touched on earlier, and that is to be open and empty to receive new insights, gifts, is to really be in a place of new beginnings. And when you start brand new, you don't know what you don't know, and so you're open and you're empty and you're ready to receive. So that is one of them. The second one is to live life through intention. Any situation, any task, any meeting, any trip, even if it's to the grocery store, is that you see what it is that you want as the end result. So in in the book, I talk about intention, and I give you the, the formula, is that what is your intention of this particular event situation? So like it's just like you and I. My intention in this particular uh, conversation is for Denise and I have to, to have a lot of fun in enjoying the uncovering of Catherine so that it makes an impact on our audience. And in that, this is the way that I want to feel. I want to feel joyous and connected, and I want to have fun and just be articulate. And I want Denise to feel good. I want her to be happy and joyful. And so the power of intention, I actually give in a formula. And so it is important to live through your life through intention. The other one is to, uh, number three, is to have a morning routine. The most successful people all have a morning routine. Oprah has a morning routine. And that morning routine sets and centers you for the rest of your day. 
I like to call it a mind, body, and soul routine, and I give suggestions on how to incorporate that. But it's important to have a morning routine to get you centered, get you focused, align on what the most important things you want to get accomplished, and uh, to actually see your day unfolding. So that's three. Number number four, I shared that one, is, is to uh, unravel your day and learn learn each day from what happens in your day so that you understand the things that bring you joy, the things that don't, and the things that get you frustrated. Understand the things that give you satisfaction. It's just have that level of awareness of how your day unfolds and learn from it. And five would be is to understand what your gifts and talents are and go do that. Know what your gifts and talents are and step into that place and express and use your gifts and talents to make a difference in the world because all of us have a different experience, gifts, and talents. And that combination is unique to every person in the universe. And if you step into the world saying, I'm going to use my talents, gifts, and experience to make a difference, you will experience a sense of satisfaction, you'll be happy, you'll be successful, and you know, that, that really comes down to it being your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, what? so that's five. So that's that's six. Six. I'm writing these down. Be open, be intentional, <laughs> have a morning routine, unravel your day, understand your gifts and talents, understand what your gifts and talents mm-hmm. are and use them. What is the, yes. what is, we're on number six now. What's the six okay, so keys to happiness? Self, yeah, so self-care is that you need to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of others. So you need to fill your cup first in order to take care of others. And that's from a mind, body, and soul perspective, is taking care of your body, making sure that, you know, you take all your uh, annual exams of all kinds, that you're exercising, you're eating well, you're hydrating, you're taking care of your biggest organ, which is your skin, you're connecting with with, with spirit, with God, with Buddha, whoever that is for you, and that you're expanding. Your self-care should include all of those things in order to be able to move forward and be happy. Because it's in that our growth that we find success, that our businesses grow. Growth is and number seven, Jumro, Jumro, you have shared so many. What is number seven? <laughs> Keys to happiness. <sighs> That happiness is a choice. Ah. Ah. Happiness is a choice. You wake up every day and you decide that you're going to be happy or you decide you're going to be in a bad mood or you decide you're going to be angry or you're going to decide you're going to be frustrated. So happiness is a choice. Now, I just want to play devil's advocate for a second for our listeners who's saying, okay, this all sounds good. Happiness is, and you've gone through a lot in your own personal life. Happiness is a choice they might be saying, okay, I got you, Pat, but what if you you just just received some horrible news? And somebody could say, are you telling me I have the choice whether or not I could be happy? Mm-hmm. You're always that choice as to how you receive information, the actions that you take, and how you decide to actually interpret the things that happen in your life. That's powerful. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Even actually all of the, the seven uh, keys, be open, be intentional, have a morning routine, unravel your day, understand what your gifts and talents are and use them. Take care of yourself and happiness is a choice. It really puts the power in each person's hands. It's not like you're waiting on somebody yes. to do something for you. you. It's not you're not upset with somebody else or some some uh, uh, new law or whatever. You realize that there, it, your life really is in your hands. It really is mm-hmm. in your hands, and that that is very very powerful and power. And it also raises a question sometimes when you hear people complain but not make any different decisions. Do we really want to? control our own life we say we do but do we really or would we like to blame somebody else or blame a circumstance because we don't really want to we don't really want the keys 
It's, that's that's a very if if our yeah. listeners don't get anything else out of this show and read the book Catherine's Quest, mm-hmm. that is powerful. Now, aside from book writing, Pat, what other services do you offer clients? Uh, thank you for thank you for asking. Uh, I am a business coach and a human design business coach. So one of the things that I that I do is I coach and help women build businesses based on an assessment called human design business. And this assessment is a self-development and a business development tool. And I use this tool to actually create a blueprint of every individual that I work with. It's based on their birth date. And Mm. a blueprint is produced by your birthday and the place that you were born. And that blueprint that tells you their strengths, how you're meant to serve, who you're meant to serve, how you're meant to market yourself, how you're meant to make decisions, and signposts in your life that show you whether you're in or out of alignment. I use this tool to help them grow and help them grow their business. I also do retreats, transformation retreats, self-care and business retreats. I coach one-on-one, and I have a podcast called A Seat at the Table, a woman's, the female female voice of leadership. So everything that I do is to move women forward. When's A Seat at the Table come on? Let us know. When when can people catch that? (laughs) Yes, it's going to launch in January, A Seat at the Table, The Feminine Voice of Leadership, and I'm bringing in corporate women and entrepreneurs and have them tell their story of how they got their seat at the table. You know, in corporate, when you work in a male dominant and you feel like I did, it's hard to get a seat at the table because it's, it's a good old boys network. And I want to interview women who got their seat at the table in corporate and what did it take to get there? What did they have to sacrifice? How did they need to change in order to be at the seat at the table around all those men? I, and the same I, with I, women. Yeah. You are doing phenomenal work, not only in the the, the way you are sharing these um, what you've learned in Catherine's Quest, you put it like in a story format, but also the other work that you do. But you said something earlier that, that piqued my interest. Your blueprint that you the blueprints you said you've done it for mm-hmm. years that you create are based on a person's birthday. The, the thing that kind of intrigues me, raises a question in my mind and maybe in listeners. So many people were born on the same day. How 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 is it when we're all individuals? How does that, how it does that work when you create this blueprint based on a birthday when millions of people could have been born on mm-hmm. the same day? Right. It's based on your birth date and your location. So birthday, time, and location. So just saying birthday, time, and location, many many uh, people in your audience may be saying, oh, that's astrology. Well, it does have an element of astrology in there, and it has an, an element of genetics and the chakra system. And, <clears throat> excuse me, um, well, I just did, I did a blank on that, on what the next one, I Ching. And so it brings in different elements and different modalities to actually create the blueprint, and every blueprint actually unique. Mm. And you know what? As a gift, Denise, I'd be more than happy to do an, uh, do an assessment for you. Wow. Let me ask you, do you, for our listeners who would be interested, if they are themselves, do you, are you do you do a phone interview with the person? Is this something that the person does online? How do you, what's the process of developing the blueprint? Okay. Go through the blueprint. Yes. So I do have a landing page, and I I ask for the, the, those key pieces of information. Right. I, I take your name, birth uh, birth date, birth time, location, and um, it the system that I that I use produces a blueprint. And it's a, an in-depth report, actually, of 16 success codes. And then I have an initial conversation to talk about the first six. And that is how initially 
women start working with me is we have that initial conversation and then we build how we move forward based on their specific blueprint. Very interesting. Now, do you also offer, you talked earlier about the importance of having a mentor and the difference between business coaching and mentoring. Mm -hmm. Do you offer online and offline either business coaching, or you say your business coach, uh, or mentoring, and what what is what are those experiences like? Especially now, I mean, we're coming out of COVID, but what is that experience like for someone? Is it individual? Is it do you do any group sessions uh, for any mm-hmm. listeners who might be interested in that? Yes, I do. You know, I do both. So I do one on one, and then there are some there are some women that actually thrive being in a community. So I do. I also do group sessions. So one-on-one group sessions, and um, they're all via Zoom uh, unless they don't have the the capability. So I would say, you know, 95% of my conversations are on Zoom. Unless they live locally in the Fort Worth area, then I would actually have a one-on-one with them in person, which is always fun. Wow. And uh, and they can go to MajesticCoachingGroup.com to... Uh, actually, to book a, uh, a discovery session with me, that's MajesticCoachingGroup.com to group a uh, have a discovery call and let's just learn about where you want to go and how I might be able to help you. And uh, I know your listeners uh, are very much like-minded like we are. One of the things that I, that I did take uh, and I talk about in the book is about boundaries. And I do have a... An ebook on setting boundaries for an ideal life, and your customers, your your audience can go get it by going to www.agiftfrompat.com. Okay, a gift from Pat. We have majestic coaching group and a gift from Pat.com to get that ebook on mm-hmm. about uh, setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. What have readers setting been boundaries. saying about? What have readers been saying about Catherine's Quest? What have you been hearing from readers about the the book? Uh, I've been hearing that it's it's a, it's been a transformational book for them. They learned about they learned some new things about themselves that uh, that were brought out because of the book. They uh, are saying, <clears throat> excuse me, I've taken the the, the one one of the the practices. And the one practice that the majority of the, the people that are reading it are, u- are using is the um, the intention, living through intention. I give a formula to do that. And the majority of the women who read the book, if they practice one thing, it's, the, it's that particular practice is the practice of living through intention and using that formula to set their days and their events and the outcomes of their life and they're seeing amazing results because of it wow now here's i i'm telling you the way you this story came about is absolutely fascinating so what what writing process do you follow you start out with these 31 tips you better you've really got three books you gotta let's have a travel because you like to travel Mm -hmm. but then you had to sit down and actually write this story so what what writing process do you follow? Do you use outlines, character sketches? How did you flesh the story out? Yes, uh, I did. I do create an outline. So I do create. I I started with what is the intent of this book? When somebody reads this book, what is the purpose that I want to see as the outcome? What is the purpose and the outcome of this book? And then who is this book meant for? So that's where I started. It's like I want to make a difference with women. I want to move them forward. And this is this book is for women. And then from there I, I outlined all the different um, practices. But I, I listed the 31 and I prioritized them. I said, okay, I'm going to write about only these, these uh, seven, eight. Actually, there's a lot more than seven in there. Um, and I'm going to write about these practices because these are the ones that I mean more, most to me. And then I scheduled half an hour every day, first thing in the morning. And I was consistent about doing that. Mm. Now, can you share, Kat, Kat, um, Kat, I'm calling you Catherine. Pat, can you share three to four steps that you take that you have personally found to be effective 
at getting the word out about your books. Okay. Yeah, and, and marketing is very important. It's the majority of the work after after you get the book out. That's where your steps have to. That's where your energy has to go. Uh, secondly, uh, one one would be carry the book with you. Carry uh, several copies of the book with you because it is your business card. So when you go to an event, you give the book away, and you ask if they will go in and do an interview for you on Amazon. Mm. Secondly. Yes, it's always carry the book with you. And offer the book as a raffle. So many people, there are so many conferences and events that are looking for gifts to be given away, is to bundle your book and say, okay, for the ra- are you having a raffle at your event? I'll give three copies of my book. So when you have a raffle, you know, my I'm here, Pat. Are you here? Yeah, the book. You said have a raffle? Yeah. I think you're breaking up. We're on with Pat Alva Craker. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. She's the author of Catherine's Quest. Hello? I'm sorry? You were breaking up. Okay. You were breaking up. So, so you were just going through some marketing steps. Take the book with you. Have a raffle if you're going to an event. You can just give like three copies of the book and say, you know, yes. somebody can win win the book as a part of a raffle. Any other marketing tips uh, as we come down yes. to the last uh, four minutes of the day show? Have 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 a launch party to get your book out, and you know, use your book in on Facebook. Tell a story or a segment or a piece of your book on Facebook Live. Get it, it's what it's part of everything that you do. It becomes a fundamental to your business, to how you uh, want to make a difference, and you take a segment and you read a portion of it. Or you take a segment and you do a Facebook Live or you do a post or you create a meme with one phrase of your book. So it's always in front of people. Mm-hmm. And those are great, great, great tips. and. Thank you for sharing them. Where can off-the-shelf listeners, Pat, get a copy of Catherine's Quest? Catherine's Quest can be found at MajesticCoachingGroup.com. I have a tab (laughs) specifically where you can buy my book from my website, MajesticCoachingGroup.com. You can buy the journal and the affirmation cards on my website only. MajesticCoachingGroup.com. And and, and that's smart. You know, uh, uh, that uh, that gives you more uh, of the the gross revenues. When you start going into more third parties and distributors, well, you you have to generally go to the distributor, get into the bookstores, but they take a big cut. And you're right in these. So you're left with less and less and less and less and less. And you're right, sorry. And everybody else got a bigger cut than you have. Uh, Can you let us know if you're on any social networks? Can you let our listeners know where they can find you at online? Yes, I am on Facebook under Pat Alba Craker and also Majestic Majestic Coaching Group. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Pat Alba Craker, Majestic Coaching Group. I'm also on Twitter. Pat Alba Craker. I'm on Instagram under Pat Alba Craker as well. Oh, we have been delighted, delighted to have Pat Alba Craker with us this morning. She is an entrepreneur, business coach, IT professional, and she's the author of the book, Catherine's Quest. And she is just a catalyst for change. What a wonderful interview. And she's so open and sharing. She's a mentor, business coach, and she's worked for big companies if you wanted to work with her as a mentor or a business coach she's worked with IBM and Lockheed Martin and uh, I want to give her website out again before we close MajesticCoachingGroup.com MajesticCoachingGroup.com and that's where you can get a copy of her book Catherine's Quest and she has turned it into a, a series 
with two other books coming out in in the series. We just want to thank thank uh, Pat for being here with us, taking time out of her day and being so open and engaging and with sharing so many valuable tips. And thanks to each of you, our listeners, as I always tell you, you are awesome. You are incredible. You're amazing. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Pat, I'll shoot, send you a link to the show when it finishes streaming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye for now.